There are hundreds and thousands of sports podcasts covering Philly sports. There are a bunch of Eagles podcasts. There are a bunch of Sixers podcasts, Phillies podcasts. Every blog and Twitter account has them. Go to them if you want analysis. Today's show is all about that fan-ish. Wait a minute. Where's the music? From best in the world sports and those sports live. You are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And here's your host, John Brown. That's what we do here on Best in the World for Fans. I am a fan. My name is John Brown, and I am a fan. My partner here is Mike Jones. I'm a fan. I know you're a fan. I'm an objective fan, but I'm a fan. You're a fan. I'm a fan. I I respect your objectivity. I welcome it. But you're still a fan. That's what we do. Hashtag fan-ish. That's what we talk about on this show. That's what we get into. Fan-ish. And there's going to be a lot of fan-ish on this show today. You want to know why there's going to be a lot of fan-ish? Because it's Dallas week. There's Look, we've talked and we've been objective and we've debated a lot of things over the course of the last couple of weeks, months, or whatever. We go back and forth all the time. And there's a time and a place for objectivity. Mm-hmm. It's Dallas week. Forget all that. Oh, this is the perfect week for objectivity. No, it's not the it perfect is. week for objectivity. Know what this is the week for? It's the week for fan-ish. Because you know you want to know why? Because of something that you said on this show a couple of weeks ago. What's that? You said there are very few teams that you absolutely hate. But there is one team that you, you hate the most. The, of the teams that you hate, and there are not many of them. I'm not even sure if there are any past this one team. But for for the record, why don't you go on? Why don't you tell us? Remind us who's the team that you hate the most in life? Oh, I hate the Cowboys. Fan ish. That's what I'm talking about. I don't need objectivity today. I don't I, care about objectivity. But we can be objective is, next week. This is a better week for objectivity. And I'm going to explain to okay. you why. All right. Because hashtag objectivity, hashtag fan-ish. I'm about fan-ish today. I'm, I'm going to tell you why objectivity wins for me this okay. week. Go ahead. Because I can, I could get into some fan-ish yeah. and get excited and say, Cowboys suck. They do suck. Eagles are going to win. Yeah, they are. You know, yeah. get my little memes up on social media. I got tons of, of them. Birds I got dropping, a whole, I dropping got, yeah. on the on the star. I got a whole ton of them. stuff. I got a whole ton we, of them. We, we could we could do all of that. You want me to send them to you? I got yeah, a whole folder full. I don't need it. Okay. Because I can objectively this week say my quarterback is better than theirs. Got that right. Dak is dude. Hashtag Dak is doo doo. I can objectively say that our defense is better than theirs. I can objectively say that we have a better receiving core than they do. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I can't objectively say we have better than them is a running back. Mm-hmm. But their running back wears belly shirts. And you see, that's some fanish exactly. I threw in there. Exactly. For you. Can't have your, <laughs> can't have your star running. You can't take a, a team star running back seriously if he's out there in halter tops. Exactly. Grown man in halter tops. No. But no. That's a no on that. To quote the great Randy Jackson, that's a no for me, dog. And I can also say that Dallas is objectively three and five, 
and they just gave up a first round pick for a receiver with the highest drop percentage in the league since he can't since he's been in the league, and they paired him with a quarterback who's notoriously inaccurate downfield. Let me. These are all things I can say objectively, yeah. which make me feel good about Dallas week. Okay. So while I could get into the fan ish, the objectivity makes me feel even better because it's based in reality. Okay. I appreciate that. But now it's time for some fan ish. Let's go. Let me lead with some let me let me lead with let some let, let me lead with, with like for real fan ish right here. My fantasy team, which started with Amari Cooper because he was a Raider, mm-hmm. appreciates that touchdown that he scored. The fan ish appreciates that final score for that Monday night game. <laughs> I got what I needed. I got my touchdown from Amari Cooper. Then I got that Dallas L. Mm-hmm. That felt good. I don't allow Cowboys on my fantasy team. I don't. I don't allow whoever brings me a championship. I, I got, don't allow Cowboys on my fantasy team. I, hey, whatever. I told you I hate the Cowboys. You hate the Cowboys all you want. This know thing what I is like? real. I understand. <laughs> know what I like? I like winning. Me too. I like winning championships. I got championships. I got multiple I championships. Fed, I, done, I got multiple championships too. I didn't fed my I didn't fed my family off fantasy football money. Me too. Not and this I refuse year, to use a cowboy. Hey, that's yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I didn't have any cowboys on my team until this trade. You know, my, my, my receiver became a cowboy last week. Mm-hmm. That being said, my team appreciates that touchdown he won that he got. Helped me get a victory. But fan ish, yeah, they lost. They lost. Looking up at that, looking at that schedule. Guess who didn't lose uh, over the weekend? O- o- over last week, Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't play. Okay, that, I didn't ask who played. I asked they you they who lose. they didn't lose. They didn't lose. I didn't ask who won. That you, that he didn't ask who won. But I, I said who didn't lose. That's true. It's the Eagles. The Eagles no, didn't lose. Redskins lost. Redskins lost. We talked about them. You know what that is? Know what that's setting up for? Something else we talked about. We talk about often on this show. Get right. Mm-hmm. Redskins hurting. Now here's we can talk objectivity when we're talking Redskins. Okay. We can we can be objective when we're talking Redskins. I mean, there's still because there's still room for fan ish when we talk Redskins. We'll get into more Redskins fan ish when Redskins week comes. All right. right now, my whole fan ish is focused on the Cowboys. focus on the Cowboys. But we talk about the Redskins. We talk about the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Redskins is hurting. Redskins they are lost, beat up. They lost two starting guards, two starting guards, and a starting and a, receiver, and a starting receiver, and they have an aging running back. Mm-hmm. The running back is probably one of the greatest running backs of the last 10, 15 years. He's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, okay, I will. I will give you that. He may be the greatest of the last 15, 20 mm-hmm. years. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I can't. I cannot deny AP's greatness. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sell him short. But the fact still remains is the history of aging running backs. Now, what he he has defied the odds. At thirty three years old, I've been thoroughly impressed with yeah. the performances he's put up this year. Yes, but it's safe. It, it it's you are not. Would you say you are wrong to think that he can't keep this up? I think that, or at least the question: Can he keep this up? I just not not you know whether he does or he doesn't is, is can the he. Point. He's capable of it, 
does with with the banged up O line though, I'd say it's become it makes it very hard, increasingly difficult. Exactly, it's very very difficult exactly. with the banged up O line. But and, and which brings me back to some fan ish. Mm-hmm. That's that objectivity that brings you back to fan ish because I'm sitting here now looking at my team getting healthy, getting healthier. My team coming off a bye. Mm-hmm. My team coming off a win and a bye. My team getting help over the bye week and bringing in a wide receiver. Golden Tate, a Super Bowl winner. A exactly. Proven player. So I now look at the schedule. I see the Washington Redskins playing a rejuvenated Tampa Bay team, going down to Tampa Bay playing a rejuvenated Tampa Bay team because they got Fitzmagic back. What do you think of Fitzmagic is for another show? What we'll, we'll, We'll let the best in Tampa uh, talk about that on their podcast. They should have never started Jameis again. Okay, fine. You know, either or. Fact still remains is Tampa's trending back upwards. Mm -hmm. Washington's trending back downwards. Mm -hmm. Eagles could be on the poise of going, going on a roll, getting on a roll. And the only thing standing in between them and that roll is the Dallas Cowboys who are now three and five. Three and five, coming off, a lo- coming off of a loss. Coming off of a loss, fan-ish. That's what I'm talking about, fan-ish. That's me saying, hey, you know what? There is a good chance that we could be tied for first going into next week. Next week, sh- let us be tied for first. Oh, fan-ish is going to be on high, my friend. No. Now, I'll be, I'll be, now, once again, I think we're going into a game with uh, Saints, right? I got to pull up the schedule. But nonetheless, there might be time for objectivity. Mm-hmm. The show will not be driven. Next week's show will not be driven completely by fan-ish. Today's show, sponsored by fan-ish. That's what we on. Hashtag fan-ish. Can I tell you a funny story? What's up? Go ahead. Slight, slightly off track, but it's All a right. funny story. Go Monday, ahead. Monday night football this past week, mm-hmm. the last Monday night game. You know, Remember who played? It was uh, it was uh, that, that was Cowboy a, Cowboys Texans. Yeah, that was a Cowboys. Yeah, Texans I was game. I was trying because I kept on thinking. I'm, you know what? I'm a, I'm still under that whole mindset that the Monday night game should be like the best game of the week. So I was thinking uh, Packers. Uh, no, that was Sunday. Night. Yeah, that was Sunday night. I got the two mixed up. So, but go ahead. So Monday, friend of mine. I don't know why he's a friend of mine, but he's a friend of mine. You better not be a Cowboys fan. He yeah, is. you need better friends, dog. So, we're hanging out Monday afternoon after work for a little bit, you know, chopping it up a little bit, just having a good good time talking sports. I'm going to watch the game with him and his brother, who's also a Cowboys fan. You watch the Cowboys game with Cowboys fans. Okay, go, go ahead. I'm not going to – I'm, I'm going to let you finish. Though. I'm, I'm, I'm pri- just looking at you. Prior to the game. I gave him a ride to the store to purchase a new TV to watch this game on. I hate the story already. Go ahead. Not, not interrupting anymore. And then I got to sit there and watch him with the game with him on his new TV and watch the Cowboys lose. This was 
that was, and I'm laughing no, the whole no, way. Through. No, that that is a happy ending. Story. <laughs> that is a happy I, ending. It, it, it's a story with a like with, with a okay. rough setup. Okay. I hated that story, but no, there's a I real like payoff story. at okay. the end. I like that. I got story. to watch okay. the whole game laugh. Oh my! You eat all? Now you were at his house. I was at his house. You ate all his food. I ate his food. That's all. Okay. And I'm laughing okay. the whole. I'm a. I'm. I'm being. An obnoxious Eagles fan, laughing at Dak Prescott mm-hmm. throwing interceptions in the end zone, laughing at all sorts of stuff, just talking about, yeah, your quarterback can't really throw downfield well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, Sean Lee, he just, did he just leave the field? Sean you know, Lee's he always again. hurt. <laughs> um, if you're fans of John Brown and Mike Jones, Mike Jones and John Brown, and you really like listening to us, you might, you might also check out One on One with MJ on free agent radio and seattlehiphopradio.com. Um, we talked about, you know, like things you can set your watch to. Mm-hmm. And we talked about being able to set your watch to Redskins choke and Dallas choke. You can also set your watch to Sean Lee getting hurt for a month or two or the season. Mm-hmm. We also talked, uh, we also have talked about team. Players you like in college, players who play for teams that you like, uh, play for college teams that you like, mm-hmm. going to teams that you hate and instantly hating them. I talked about LeVar Arrington mm-hmm. and how much I hate, how much I went from loving him to hating him as a football player. I talked about the potential of hating Saquon Barkley as he goes off into his Giants career. Because I hate the Giants. Sean Lee, Penn State guy. Penn State guy. Hate him. Linebacker you. Linebacker you, hate him. Hate him. Why do I hate him? For the helmet. Because he plays for the Cowboys. Why do I hate the Cowboys? Because they're the cause, Cowboys. Because they're the Cowboys, and they got Sean Lee, and now they make me hate Sean Lee. I hate. I like, I like Sean Lee in college. I did, too. I hate him now. He's not in college I hate the, anymore. He's not in college anymore. And I hate the Cowboys for making me hate Sean Lee. I should love Sean Lee, but I hate him. It's and his, I hate the Cowboys it's his for fault making for me hate him. the contract. I, I don't care about fault. Hate him, hate hate the team he plays for. I don't for. hate Dallas for making me – well, I hate Dallas, but mm-hmm. I don't hate Dallas for making me hate Sean Lee. Look, I hate, I hate Dallas Lee for, for everything about – I, I hate Dallas for he everything about Dallas. He should have pulled an Eli. I don't want to play for them. Maybe I would. That's what he. That's what he should have done. I would have loved him had he done that. Mm -hmm. But he. But he didn't. So now I can hate him for being a cowboy. Okay. I can hate him for being a cowboy for every reason that you said, and for every reason you think I should excuse the cowboys. No, I still hate them. I didn't say excuse the cowboys. They're just you. Just hate them for being them. Yeah. Okay. I hate them for being. I don't need rationale. You you don't need extra rationale to hate the Cowboys. And that's my point. You don't need extra reasons to hate the Cowboys. You just you just hate the Cowboys. Fan ish. Hate the Cowboys. Don't want to get the Cowboys no credit. Let me ask you a question. Who are your most hated Cowboys? Who do you hate the most? Michael Irvin. Hate that guy. He's up there. I think I I think Emmitt Smith was my most hated Cowboy. Hate him too. I got Troy Aikman. Yeah, I, I hated Aikman. Yeah. Did you hate Dion when he went to the Cowboys? I liked Dion when he was with the 49ers. Liked him with, I liked him with the Falcons. I liked, I liked him, him with, with the, the Falcons. I liked him with the I liked Falcons Dion. Mm-hmm. Like 49ers Dion. Mm-hmm. And I like Ravens Dion. Mm-hmm. That's about right. 
Redskins Dion. Uh, uh, Redskins know, Dion was what, like forty yeah. years old. Yeah. 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 I, I hated the Redskins because I why forgot, you got my man Dion looking so bad? I I forgot that year existed. Yeah. Yeah. But, that makes you hate the Redskins because the Redskins made Dion look bad. He resurrected, you know, he 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 righted the ship with the Ravens, but nonetheless, yeah, I hated I hated Dallas team. I guess to answer your question, who's my most hated most hated Cowboy? Yeah. I'd say whichever one has their jersey on at the time. I hear you. I hear you. You know, look, I, there's there's so much hate for the Cowboys that, to go around. Exactly. Though. That you you can hate any of them. You can hate Tony Romo. You can hate Sean Lee. You can hate Zeke Elliott. Yes, you can. You can hate Troy Aikman. Yes, you can. You can hate Emmett Smith. Preach. You can hate Des Bryant. Yes, sir. You can hate Ooh, Michael Irvin. Oh, boy, yeah. You can hate Miles Austin. Screw that guy. Exactly. You can hate them all. You can hate Marion Barber. Yes. You can hate. You can hate Quincy Carter. You can hate Vinny Testaverde. Mm-hmm. You can hate everybody on their O-line. You can hate Charles Haley. You can hate... Uh, Demarcus Ware, mm-hmm. um, let's see, Ken Norton, mm-hmm. <sighs> Darren Woodson, Darren Wood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw those guys. But you know who I think I hate the most now that Luis and Dejas, Jason Witten, Jason Witten. Yes, sir. Alvin Harper, mm-hmm. hateable cowboy. But there are no, there are no such. That's an oxymoron right there. Likable cowboys. But I think the cowboy I hated the most. Mm-hmm. Out of all of them, it's Jason Garrett, and he's not even wearing the jersey. Mm. It's just something about him. Know what it, what it is about him? Let me tell you something. It's about the way Jerry Jones, who is also probably the most hateable owner. He's now that now that uh, George Steinbrenner has transitioned. Mm-hmm. I think Jerry Jones is now has a firm grasp on the most hateable owner in, in sports, sports in pro sports, and I think the fact that Jason uh, that Jerry Jones tried to sell Jason Garrett <laughs> as this this it's genius genius, and the thing and what makes it hateable, what makes that hateable is when you think when and let me add a little bit of objectivity to this fan ish right now. Okay. What makes Jerry Jones's love for Jason Garrett so hateable is the fact that Jerry Jones hired Bill Parcells. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones hired Jimmy Johnson. He also got rid of both of them. Yeah. Under under Jerry Jones, you've had Tom Landry, you've had Jimmy Johnson, you've had Barry Switzer, you've had Wade Phillips. Barry you've had Switzer Bill- wasn't a good coach. Well, okay. I mean, either well, but, I'll, I'll put it to you. Well, Wade Phillips for, was a great coordinator. I don't know about head coach. Better coach than uh, Def- they're than all better than Garrett. Yeah, okay. They're all better than Garrett. Okay, but that 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 brings me to what makes Jason Garrett so hateable: the fact that here are these coaches, and you have top of the line guys like would would you put Jimmy Johnson top of the line? Would you say Jimmy Johnson yeah, top he's of the line? Up there. Jimmy Johnson and Let's. I mean, let's put it up here. Let's 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 make it a, a, a tier of our lifetime. Cowboys coaches of our lifetime of the Jimmy Johnson. Excuse me, of the Jerry Jones era. Top tier: Landry, Johnson, and Parcells. Absolutely. Okay. 
next after those three. We'll, we'll put Phillips. Phillips wasn't a good head coach, though. Better than Garrett? Higher than Garrett? Because who else, who else has there been? Okay, or, or you know what? Scratch that, okay. Next tier under Landry, Johnson, and Parcells, would you put Switzer? Yeah. Okay. Switzer. Switzer, then Phillips. Because now, because they haven't had that many coaches. Yeah, Switzer, then Sw- Phillips. Phillips, and then at the very bottom is Garrett. Is Garrett. Absolutely. But yet to hear Jerry Jones, you're talking Garrett. All right. Then Landry, Johnson, and Parcells. All right, let's step away from the NFL for a second. Let me okay. ask you a question. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question about your president of the United States. What? Please stay with us. Stay, stay with me for okay. a second. All right, gotcha. I'm going somewhere. Okay. If he's he's a known ego monot egomaniac, yes. loose cannon, l- wants to be the center of the attention and s- center of praise all the time type of personality. Okay. So I'm going somewhere with this. If he were to praise someone he hired as a genius and the next big thing. What would you expect from that person? Genius type stuff, nah. genius type moves. And and and, well, and I'll, for I'll me, put it, well, to answer to answer your question and then I'll let you make your point. Okay, I would expect genius type stuff, but I would hope for failure. For me, mm-hmm. if Trump is praising someone as a genius and that type of stuff, stuff I'm expecting one thing. Someone who agrees with Trump, a yes man even, because okay. that's the only thing he's going to really see is brilliant is someone who th- either thinks or mimics his thought, thinks like him, or just is willing to regurgitate his thought. So, in your mind, is that what Jason Garrett is? That's exactly okay. what Jason Garrett okay. is. Okay, he's, that's fine. He's that's Jerry's yes man. Jerry's why, yes man. Why did Jimmy Johnson leave? Because he wasn't a yes man. Why did Bill Parcells leave? Because he wasn't a yes man. Why has Jason Garrett been there for so long? Because he's a yes man. Exactly. It's that simple. Okay. He's a yes man. Okay. Which makes him even more hateable because he doesn't have a backbone. None. How do you have a head coach with no backbone? Because he's a punk. I can say that about about Jason Garrett because we're talking fan-ish. If we were talking, if we were talking objectivity. If this was about objectivity, where two people being objectively breaking down, I'd still say he's a yes man. Oh, okay, I understand it. You called him a yes man. I called him a punk. <laughs> All right, that, that's that's the difference. All right, you called him a yes man. That's objectivity. That is. Object- I call that that's objectivity, and I respect that. I called him a punk because I'm a fan. There you go. Now I wouldn't call him a punk to his face because <laughs> I'd be disrespectful. I don't. I mean, no. Di- well. We're talking fanish. So, yeah, you know what? I absolutely mean disrespect. <laughs> All right? that's. I mean, that, that just is what it is. It, 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 it truly is what it is. Bottom line is it's Cowboys week. I'm hype. I love – I feel like the Cowboys – we should play the Cowboys the week after the bye every season because I need that extra week to get hype. I'm hyped for this game. The anticipation. I'm yes. I'm ready for this game. So ready for this game because I feel like we talked we talked a couple weeks ago about the opportunities for get right, mm-hmm. and I feel like the ultimate. This is this is the key. This is the key. I don't feel like this is 
this Eagles team is in a position to look past this week. Oh, absolutely. You're four and four. You yeah. can't look past can't anybody. Look past anybody. So you need to put focus on this game. Absolutely. And it's the Dallas Cowboys. And you're at home. You need to win this game. I'm not going to necessarily call this must win. It's not? What you know, you're absolutely right. What yeah, happens you know, if you lose? What happens if you lose is you're looking at the scoreboard. <laughs> you're no. scoreboard watching. If you lose, you actually fall back to third place in the division behind Dallas. Mm, good point. Okay. It's a must win. All right. You don't Once at, you, get- you don't want to be four and five through nine games and in, sitting in third place. Even if the second place team is four and five as well, they have a tiebreaker on you because you just lost to them. And if even if you do beat them, you still have to hope they stumble because otherwise, you'll have the same records and that gets into all those tiebreaker scenarios, which is not what you want. It's 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 as close to a must win as you can have without it being an elimination game. Okay. In that, in my opinion. All right. Once again, I'm not arguing with you. Whether or not it's a must-win game, that's an objective conversation. That's a conversation for analysts. That's a conversation for experts. I don't want to be an expert this week, all right? I have no interest in being an expert. Know what I have interest in? I have interest in being a fan. I have an interest in my Philadelphia Eagles kicking the butt of the Dallas Cowboys because I hate them. And I look at you, my friend, Mm -hmm. and I know you hate them, too. I do hate them. I do hate them. Yes. That being said. Say it again. You feel, doesn't it feel good to say I, it? I hate the Dallas yes. Cowboys. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Say it again. Do you hate the Dallas Cowboys? But, was there a specific, let me ask you real quick, as, as we talk about Dallas hate, was there a moment in time when you realized you hated Dallas Cowboys? When I started or, watching football. Okay. When I was a child. Back before everyone had cable and NFL packages and all that stuff, you watched your local game and the game of the week. Those were the games they were going to show you. The local game was always my Philadelphia Eagles. The game of the week was usually the 49ers or the Cowboys. And I developed an affinity for the 49ers as a child for one simple reason. They used to beat the Cowboys. And I didn't like the Cowboys. I didn't know why I didn't like the Cowboys. I didn't know enough to have any real hate for the Cow- Dallas Cowboys. I just knew I didn't like them. It was that simple. I can dig it. My gut said, those people, yeah, we don't mess with them. No, I don't mess with them. And it was that if, simple. If you're a fan of me, and if you are, I appreciate it. If you're a fan of the camaraderie between John and, and Mike, or Mike and John, something we talk about, something I talk about when it comes to fan hate is what triggers it. And it's usually either beating a team that I like or a fight. Usually. This one was just different for me. Now, now I understand because we're not talking about you. We're talking about me now. Mm-hmm. I think it was a Thanksgiving Day game. 
No, whether it was the Thanksgiving Day game or the Bounty Bowl, I feel like that was the first real game like I really was watching and understood what was going on. Mm-hmm. And they start and they fighting. When I was a child, my three favorite Eagles: Randall Cunningham, because he was a black quarterback. Because mm-hmm. here's a guy who looked like me leading the team. Mm-hmm. Reggie White, because he was a man of God. He called himself the Minister of Defense. I used to go to, well, since I used to go to church, I do go to church every Sunday. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. he's a minister. He's this guy who claimed to be a man of God. Mm-hmm. So, all right, you're on the list too. And Jerome Brown, because his last name was Brown, and my last name was Brown. So I <laughs> thought that was cool. No, we're not related, but his last name was Brown. I was like, all right. So at that point, you know, you look you, when you're looking for players to identify with, mm-hmm. there's a guy named Brown. I like him. You're my guy now. There's a fight breaks out between the Cowboys and the Giants. Oh, so the Cowboys and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And somebody wants to fight Jerome Brown. Instantly, you, you with the star on your helmet. Trying to fight Jerome Brown. I hate you. I hate your team. And I'll never like your team again. And then Jimmy Johnson said, I tried to confront uh I tried to confront Buddy Ryan because I heard about these bounties and he ran his fat rear end into the locker room. Hey, you don't call you don't call our coach fat. I thought that was me. All these I thought that was uncalled for. And then you see, here's the thing: all these reasons you're listing, yes, actually sound like objective no. reasons to hate the Cowboys. No, oh, well, if it does, so be it. That's what they sound like. Know what it sounds like to me? Hashtag fan ish. Let's see. My reason for hating the Cowboys actually sounded more like fan ish to me, <coughs> mm-hmm. because it was simply just a matter of. I don't like the look of your star on your helm. I, I don't like them either. I just don't like I, I, it. It didn't take them doing it. Like, you ever been walking down the street or something, you just see somebody and they walk in the room or whatever the case may be and they just rub you the wrong way. They just, something about your vibe. I don't like it. That's how I felt about Dallas. Okay. There was absolutely no logical reason to dislike them. I just didn't like them. I think I disliked the the Cowboys before I was ever truly an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. Like I would like like the Eagles. I watched it, but before I was really old enough to understand the sport and develop a true fandom, mm-hmm. I hated the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. I hate their star. I hate their star like I hate the Celtic uh Clover. I hate that Cowboy mascot the same way I hate that that Celtic guy, whatever you call that thing on the, in the center. I hate parquet floors. Same way I hate Dallas Stadium. The same way I hate AT&T Stadium. Same way I hate the Dallas Cowboys, man. Parquet floors are pretty. No, it's not. They are pretty. Not the one in the Boston Garden. Not the one in the TD Garden, whatever they call that I dump. I didn't say that one. I, you just, you, but you said you hate all parquet floors. I well, just, you know, hate, I, I just I hate that it, one. When I see parquet floors, I think of, I think of Boston. I can't help it. And that makes me hate them more because you know what? There could be a parquet floor in basketball that does look nice. But I hate them because when I see parquet floors, I think of Boston. And now I hate Boston. Fan-ish, man. I don't need objectivity. <laughs> I ain't got time for objectivity. 
It's getting, it, I'm just getting to the point where I can say Goddard's first name. I like saying his first name. I like. I, I, I want to say it several times on Sunday. I hope when to, he I, scores on. I him. hope to say touchdown Goddard, and maybe I might be able to say his first name. Hate. I hate what his first name stands for because his first name stands for a team I hate, and that would be the Dallas Cowboys. Screw those guys. Which is why it's funny that he plays for the Eagles. Yeah, well, you know that's that's cool. I his mean, daddy was a Dallas fan. Yeah, make that's your why daddy he named him has, Dallas. Hashtag make your daddy cry. Exactly. Make your daddy cry. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Hey, man, he'll get over it. Let's see, I'm okay with that. We can make dads cry out here. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have named your son Dallas. I have a son. I have a son who plays sports. Mm-hmm. And I think probably one of my biggest, my biggest fears is that my son will go to a team that I hate. And I'm not prepared for that. If and when it t- if and when it happens, that'll br- that'll be a bridge that I cross when I get there. I will probably su- if my son ever played for the Dallas Cowboys, I would love my son. I would support my son, but I just can't see myself, you know, out here tweeting f- for the Cowboys, talking about the Cowboys. I-, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I probably have to leave this. I wouldn't move to Dallas. I know that. But I was like, I probably have to leave this area because it's just like, look, you know, I, I don't know what I, I, I don't know what I can do. I, I, I don't want to be torn. So I don't need that hurt in my life. So your son plays for the Cowboys. Yeah. Do you hate your son? No, I wouldn't hate my son. He's a cowboy. No, I would. Once again, we've talked we're about talking this. about sports hate. Yeah, here. Yeah, yes, we're talking about we're not sports. Not talking about hate. real hate. No, we're talking we're, about sports hate. Now this, understand something. Now this is how this is how it ties in. The Dallas Cowboys drafted my son. Mm-hmm. That would make me hate the Cowboys even more because you drafted my son. You made it personal. That's against me. You drafted him. You drafted my son to hurt me. Mm-hmm. That's what I would look at it as. And I wouldn't be mad at my son because my son needs a job. I wouldn't want my son to be unemployed. It's like, son, you got to go get a job. Are you telling me that this team is out here hiring and you pass it up work? And, and I'm same, still a father. The same I I'm said, still a father. My son needs work. The same I said about Sean Lee, I'd say about yourself. Well, you know, I'll put it to you like this. He could demand a trade and say, I refuse to sign it, this contract now, to play for them. It, now, it, honestly, it would depend on where he got drafted. Now, if he pulls a, 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 a Eli at the top of the draft, says, hey, man, I ain't playing for y'all. If he pulls a, a John Elway because he's at the top and he can do that, mm-hmm. or, you know, what? hey, more power to it. It'd probably make me love my son even more. I probably He'd probably say that, and I would kiss my son on national television. I know sometimes people people talk about fathers kissing their son, but if my son was a number one pick in the draft and he was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, he'd say, dog, I ain't playing for y'all because I hate the Cowboys and I grew up hating the Cowboys. I would kiss my son on national television. That would probably be all over the world, all over the TV. <laughs> And you'd be like, look, man, I used to do a podcast with that brother. He's up there kissing his son on television. Now, if he's like a fifth or sixth round pick, you know, he's on like the, the fourth day and they're not even they're not even showing him on TV where they draft him. Mm-hmm. You know, he just gets a little blurb on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> you know, it's like, look, dog, you know what? I love you. I'll always love you because you're my son. But you need a job and they hiring. Mm-hmm. You know, if if the choice is play for the Cowboys or be unemployed you just gonna have to play for the Cowboys and we'll have to we'll have to cross this don't send none of that gear home don't you know don't you know 
I'm I'm only going to go to one game a year, and I'm not going to be dressed the way your your, your team is going to like. You know, if if any way you can hook me up with like with like seats with the other team's family, you know that'll be cool. I'll I'll, I'll try not to embarrass you, but I, I I can't. You know, you're gonna have to get a job, son. And this team is hiring. If the Cowboys drafted your son, I would hit your son. I, I would respect that. I would respect that because because once again, what are we talking about? We talking about fan ish, mm-hmm. and we talking about and, and I understand you as an objective as an objective person. And honestly, if we do a podcast together, if we work together, we got a good relationship. We got a we 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 didn't form this team. Mm-hmm. You and I, I would probably like you more. If you hated my son because he got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, I'd be sitting up here every week like, you know what? Mike Jones hates my kid. Yep. But I love that brother. <laughs> I respect the heck out of that brother because this man comes into my house. Well, hopefully, you know what? First of all, I don't care what team drafts my kid. My team, my kid gets drafted in the NFL. Best in the world sports report is then being done out of a real studio from here on out. If my son is playing in the NFL and we're still doing a podcast from my basement, that just speaks to bigger problems. <laughs> All right, that speaks to a that speaks to a whole new level of problem. If my son is in the NFL and we're still talking in my basement on a <laughs> podcast, but nonetheless, if my son is drafted by the is my son gets drafted in the NFL by the Dallas Cowboys, and you hate my kid because he plays for the Cowboys, I would respect you. I'd, I'd bring you into my house, and I'd shake your hand like, all right, hey, dog, you know now, what? Like I if, understand. If your kid played for the Redskins or the Giants, I'd dislike your kid. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But I wouldn't hate him. Understood. Understood. I'd be like, you know, that's my man's son. He's talented. Mm-hmm. Plays for a messed up team, but kid's all right. Mm-hmm. You play for the Cowboys? Nah. Can't do that. That's the question. I want you to hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. However, you follow this show. If you're if you had a friend whose child was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, would you be man enough to tell that friend, "Hey, man, I hate your kid." Mm-hmm. No, I, I hey, look. You know, sometimes it just has to be said. Oh, I'll say it. And, I, and like I said, I, I would respect. I would respect you. Because I know you, like look, like like I know you would hate my child, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't disrespect my child. No. So it'd be like, look, man, I hate him because he's a Dallas Cowboy. Now, somebody, you know, they're they're like we know he gets cut, traded, signs a free yeah. agent deal somewhere else. We yeah. good again. Yeah, we good again. Understood. Understood. Like news of the week. Other mm-hmm. after after the Eagles bringing in Golden Tate, Des Bryant with the Saints. Guess what? I'm not gonna say I like Des Bryant, I don't but guess Des. what? I don't hate Des anymore. I don't hate Des anymore. Des, you're me and me and Des Bryant are now okay. As soon as the mental image of Des is a, in a different jersey, it 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 feels different. I, me and Des are cool until the moment, if and when he torches the Eagles. Well, we do have them on the schedule. Yes, we, we we play them a week from Sunday. It's coming up. Yeah, I'm looking a, at the schedule a, right a now. A week from Sunday is Eagles 
and Saints. But like I said, and like we both agreed, at four and four, we can't even as fans can't look past we can't anybody. look past this week. So you know, we'll talk about that next week. This week is Dallas week. It's Dallas week. Sunday night primetime football. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How good are you gonna feel? No, no, let me Well, I'll be honest. Yes. I'm gonna enjoy the game. I'm gonna watch the game. I don't like night games. Mm-hmm. I'd much prefer that four twenty game that game of the week, four twenty five spot on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Night games is the end of a long day. They don't start till eight thirty ish, which means they're not over till close to midnight. People gotta work the next day. It's it's just not the same type of experience where you mm-hmm. can really, really get into it in the same way. I will because by the third quarter, I'm making sure I stay awake for the game instead mm-hmm. of falling asleep. Now, for years, I worked in morning television. Okay, which meant being at work three a.m., four a.m., sometimes five a.m., whatever. I absolutely suck at watching games on delay you know people say hey tape the game watch it i cannot i can't do that that's unacceptable so when my team plays on a night game and i know i have an early morning and i'm not saying that because i i don't have an early morning this coming monday i can watch this game and and sleep in oh i won't be working Monday. or no okay monday's a holiday what is monday just mm-hmm. day after Cowboys Day, I, I'm I'm not even looking at my schedule. It's Monday. It's just it's my birthday. Oh, word. Okay, hey, I'm man. not working Monday. All right. So I will. Happy early birthday to you. I hope the Eagles give you a present. I do too. All right, but none nonetheless, my point being is like I don't. I agree with you as far as not liking night games because I feel like mm-hmm. there's one or two outcomes. If they win, I can't go to sleep because I'm on a high because they won, and I'm excited. You're too worked up. Exactly. I'm too worked up. It's 11, 12 o'clock, and I'm wide awake. And if they lose, I just stay up late to watch this. I'm mad about that. And I'm somebody I absolutely hate. I can't sleep well when I'm mad. I don't like to go to bed mad. Mm -hmm. I hate going to bed mad. Me, when I used to get up early, I I used to want a blowout either way. So get it over with. Yes, let, let me get it I, over with. I so games. I can either I can either turn this game off and go to sleep. I can turn this game off, and go to sleep happy, or turn this game off mad and go to sleep. But either or, like I want to blow out. Now I'll watch this whole game. Unless it's once again, unless it's a bad blowout. Then I'm gonna have to turn it off. A bad unfor a bad blowout in the direction that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Because if they win. Like we talked about, I got a whole bunch of memes to set up. I got, like, my memes are already prepared. They're already ready. I got Dallas fans. I got a tweet. There's people I got to talk about. And don't let the Eagles beat Dallas and the Redskins lose. Because then I got two times the people to talk about. And with all that being said, you know, it's like, who cares about the Giants? But if they lose too, oh, it's going to be extra sweet. Extra, extra, extra sweet. So as we pull this conversation, as we as we end this conversation, 
and we move on because there's still more to talk about. Uh, definitely got more to talk about. Definitely more to talk about. But, and if you were looking for, you know, top-ranked analysis of Eagles Cowboys on this show, sorry, this is the wrong podcast. You're going to get fan-ish this week. That's what you're getting. There's plenty of analysis. There's plenty, plenty of people talking about how to break down the run defense versus the pass offense and, and whatever they're going to do. Look, I just want to see my Eagles smash the Cowboys. But let me get your prediction for Sunday. Sunday. Let's see, I hadn't really gone to, into predicting yet, but. I, off the top of my head, I'm going to say Golden Tate's here now. You like 24-13. 24-13. You like that move, bringing in Golden like Tate. Move. I like the move. It's a good move. I, Golden Tate is a very solid receiver. What does he bring to this team? In your When you first started that move, what did, you, what did you instantly think he brought to this team? He's a veteran route runner who knows how to get open and has very good hands. He's not necessarily a burner, but he's not slow. And he absolutely knows how to run a route and get open. Exactly. Here's the thing. We always talk about that burner and that that speed guy. Mm-hmm. And a lot. I feel like a lot of that comes from the years that we had Deshaun here because Deshaun was so fast. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you a question. Let me Let me get a little bit of that objectivity. Before we get back to this fan ish, okay, let's go. What we, what we I, I want true or false. A good route guy can make up for the lack of a speed guy. Is that true or false? I don't want to necessarily say. Well, I would say it depends on your offense. But given this offense, in we're talking. We're, talk, we're talking Eagles right now. We're not talking in general. We're talking the Eagles and what you know about this guy. Do the Eagles? Does adding a a route runner like Golden Tate make up for not having a speed guy? I would say Golden Tate is fast enough. Okay. that's. I mean, that's kind of where I'm – He may not be a quote-unquote burner, but he is fast enough. He's not – I don't – blanking on a name off the top of my head, but he's not a receiver that runs a 4-6, 4-7 type of guy. He's not Keyshawn Johnson. He Keyshawn Johnson was a guy with hands who wasn't very fast. Golden Tate can run. He and he can run away from people, which is why he gets a lot of yak. Y'all, he get a lot of yak. I can't say yak yards. That doesn't make any sense. Yards at the catch yards. <laughs> no, he gets a lot of yak though, and so he does have ability to separate from defenders. Mm-hmm before and after the catch. And that is the one thing that being a route runner and being able to win quickly off the line does is that it allows Carson to be able to get the ball out of his hands a little faster because he now has a guy who can win off the line quickly. That was not prior to this the strength of the res- the majority of the receiving core. Alshon could win, but that was about it which means if you put a lot of attention on Alshon and then just cover the middle of the field for the tight ends, you're all right. Mm-hmm. That's no longer the case. You Imagine you go three wide and you have 
Alshon, Tate, and Aguilar out there. That's actually a decent three-wide set. Mm-hmm. And then you have Ertz or Goddard in the, at the tight end spot. That's actually very dangerous with those four out there. Imagine you go empty set with those three wide receivers, Ertz and Goddard. That's dangerous. You can actually throw weapons out on the field now, and teams have to respect it. Teams have to respect it. But no one also realized. What's that? And this might be getting back in this little sprinkling a little bit of fan ish over all that objectivity and all that objective analysis. Listen. Eagles might never run the ball ever again. <laughs> nah, they I think I think Doug, hearing Doug Peterson in the post game after the Eagles last game prior to the bye, I heard Doug say something that made me quite quite happy was he made a reference to a guy I've re- referred to several times over the season, LeGarrette Blunt. He didn't say Blunt's name directly, but what he did talk about was what, how he ran the ball on third and ones and third and twos more now because he may have found that power back in the offense. Whereas last season, there were no you didn't see tosses on third and one. Mm-hmm. You were going straight up the middle. However, the season prior to that, when you had Ryan Matthews and Smallwood and those guys, you'd still you'd see tosses. So Peterson has been the type of coach who he's known at this point for being a player's coach. He listens to his players. He tries to do things they do well. And if he has running backs who don't go up the middle well, he tends to go away from the middle in the, with the run. But when he has a running back who – does seem to flourish going up the middle, he'll call it. And with Josh Adams running the ball effectively, I won't say he did anything amazing, but he was effective. That may give Doug the motivation to keep trying it at least, which is all I can ask for at this point. We'll see. I would love to see it. I think if there's something that would probably anger fans more as the season progresses, it would be the perception that with the adding of Golden Tate, there's been more of an abandon of the run, whether that be actuality, perception, you know. Well, I don't know that it can get any worse if you consider the Eagles' last loss where – in 14 fourth quarter plays, they ran the ball once. Mm-hmm. I th- I don't see Doug doing that again. I, I don't either. I, I don't either. And I give Doug – I feel like one of the best things about Doug last year in that run to the Super Bowl was his ability to, one, learn from his mistakes, and two, make adjustments. Mm-hmm. I think it got better. I think you saw adjustments, proper adjustments, in the Jacksonville game. And I understand we haven't talked a lot about that Jacksonville game, but that was like two weeks ago, and we on fan-ish mm-hmm. this week. But nonetheless, that was there. That was there. And I feel like Dallas, especially when, once again, you're, in a, you're looking at them without Sean Lee. I think 
these tackles wherever you're going to line up Big V. Mm-hmm. He has a test in front of him. But once again, you know, even given his his even given Big V's struggles, that's still a guy that you want a Super Bowl with. And he's still a guy that when given time to prepare looks good. I think when you look at games when Big V has produced, it's been the games when he's gotten the full reps when he's gotten in the games. I feel like he struggles in spot duty. Absolutely. He's a guy who needs to he needs consistency. Yes. Very much so, yes. He seems to flourish in a consistent role. Last year last season, the Super Bowl season, when first game Game and a half he played, he didn't really look very good. As they got rolling and he got more time and the offensive line had time to gel with him in there. And when you once and once and once on the unfortunate book of Jason losing Jason Peters for the season. Mm-hmm. And once it wasn't just sprinkling Big V in there. Once it was like, okay, Jason's not coming back, you're the guy. You know, barring a couple of games when Ryan Kerrigan basically padded his career stats at his expense, Big V looked good. Well, that that was really one game. Okay. And it was the and that was was that Big V's first or second game playing? It was fairly early yeah, on. It could have been the first. I mean, we don't even need to look back into it. Yeah. But I think okay. I think they played the Redskins Week Four last year or something like that. It was fairly early in the year. And so it was before Big V had time to get his consistent reps. Go three weeks later, you're not having to send a running back or tight end to chip every time. You can run your offense and be successful because Big V got the job done. How many times did you say Big V's name during the Super Bowl? Didn't say – other than praising him? Not much. Exactly. You weren't saying his name to complain? Exactly. That's usually when you say an offensive lineman's name. When they get called for a hold or they get beat on a sack, it's rare you say, good block, Lane Johnson. Way to to make that pull, Jason Kelsey. You don't say that. Pretty much at this point now, if you're saying Jason Peters' name, it's because he was offsides. Mm -hmm. Or hurt. Or hurt, yeah. Yeah. But that being said, back on this fan-ish. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's what it's going to come down to. That's what it's going to come back to. All right. I see. The, I feel like I'm predicting some get right. The momentum had started in London with that win over Jacksonville. It continues this week. Fan, that's not looking past the Cowboys because you can't look past the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But I do think we're going to go into Saints week. In a trip to New Orleans, we're not going to New Orleans. We'll still be right here. But the Eagles are going to New Orleans. I think they're going to be riding some momentum. So So I am predicting. I am predicting. I'm listening. 27-13. Okay. 27-13 Eagles. Momentum. So Get I have right. to ask. Fan-ish. And I, and I hate that I have to ask this, but it's the Eagles, so I have to ask. Mm-hmm. 
is that 27 because of two field goals, or is that 27 because Jake Elliott misses an extra point? Field goals. Okay. Jake Elliott's not missing on Sunday. All right. I'm saying that right now. Write it down. Take a picture. I don't care. Jake Elliott does not miss. They get one touchdown in the second half. Dallas Cowboys get one touchdown in the second half, two field goals. Gosh. All right, that's what I'm saying. 13 points, two field goals. Okay. All right? Fan-ish. Fan-ish. That's what it's all about. Beat beat Dallas. Memes owe plenty. If you follow me on social media, be prepared. Memes owe plenty. And if for some reason tragedy strikes, oh, next week there's going to be some venom. There's going to be the negative side of fan-ish, but we're not going there right now. That's I don't need that in my life. I don't need negativity right now. Positive. Positive vibes. Fan-ish. That's what we talk about on this show. Fan-ish. And when we come back, we're going to talk more fan-ish as we switch gears a little bit and talk sixers. 76ers, because there's some things I need to talk to my man Mike Jones about. So just reminding you guys, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BITW Sports. All right? At BITW Sports. And check us out on SoundCloud. That's SoundCloud.com slash BITW Sports. Over on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Just search the best in the world sports report. We will be right back. This is the best in the world sports report. My name is John Brown. This is Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. <laughs> All right. You know the name. You know the crew. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. <laughs> Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. My suit can still make an impression. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Here we are back on Best in the World Sports Report. Just dishing out fan-ish. That's what we doing. I'm on my fan-ish. That's what we do. We're talking Sixers on the best in the world sports report. And kind of wanted to talk to you because I'm in my feelings a little bit about the Sixers team. I'm kind of torn. Sixers is currently in third place in the Atlantic Division. The fifth in the, in the Eastern Conference. Now, as I bring in my man, Mike, we started the season and we discussed them being at best, maybe the third best team in the, in the East. We said we pretty much said they weren't on par with Boston yet. Maybe the same tier as Toronto. Said Boston was one. Philly was 2A. With Toronto being 2B. But we thought that they would be better than teams like Indiana, Milwaukee, Miami, Detroit, teams like that. 
But now, as we're early in this season, Sixers team has now lost to Boston, got blown out. They lost to Toronto. That game wasn't close. Lost to Milwaukee by double digits. Now, they've also lost to Detroit. Granted, Ben Simmons didn't play. They played them, played them again this season and got that win back. But it's still, you, you split the season, you split the season series so far with Detroit. And in that second game, it looked for a little bit like they were going to choke that game away. They pulled it out. But that second that second half left a few heads scratching. Now, look, we're still talking less than 10 games into the season. So when you're talking entire season assessments, that's nothing but fan-ish right there. Let's keep it real. Absolutely. At we're we're talking about less than ten games into the season where this team is as a whole. That's fan ish, if there ever was one. Uh. But like I but like I said, that's what I'm that's what I'm about today. Now, the cornerstones of this team are set. Right now it's Ben Simmons, it's Joe Joel and B. Those are your cornerstones. Right or wrong, good or bad, fair or foul, that's who you got. That's who we're building this team around. Everybody else is just pieces to the puzzle. But the success of this team is built around the success of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Got another high-priced rookie. Got Markel Fultz, number one pick in the draft. That situation right now is kind of a mess. Got his shooting coach out here tweeting. He's out in the Twitter streets this week defending his brand, defending his product because Markel Fultz, over the course of 10 games, his shooting, his ability to shoot, his shot selection, his shot confidence leaves a lot to be desired. So if he's in the gym all summer working with this man and he's coming out here looking like this, once my, again, right or wrong, fair or foul. If my shot looked like that, I if my shot looked like that, I wouldn't be very confident in it either. But continue. But but okay then. But that's just it. So people are over there giving Drew Hanlon the side eye because once again, this kid has worked out with you all summer. He had something that was broken, and we're not talking about his body. We're talking about his shot. Now, now in all fairness to Drew Hanlon, the one thing I will say is. None of us actually know what Markel Fultz's shot looked like before he started working with Drew Hanlon. Okay. Because the way Fultz's season went last year and the limited games he played, you didn't see him shoot any outside shots. So mm-hmm. it's possible that what we're seeing from Fultz now is a work in progress rather than a finished product. Okay. It's possible. It's possible. It's ugly. But you know what that was right there? It is ugly. Yeah. You know what that was right there? It's objectivity, dog. Mm -hmm. That's objectivity. We ain't about that objectivity today. We about (laughs) that fan-ish. That fan-ish says, look at this kid's ugly shot and look what he's doing all season. Meanwhile, Jason Tatum is drawing Kobe comparisons. Mm -hmm. 
Jason Tatum's out there being called Col- being called Kobe. Like he looks more and more like Kobe every day. Jason and once Tatum's again, a no, Stone Cold Killer on the Stone court. Cold Killer on the court. That's what we are talking about right now. We are talking about how good Jason Tatum has looked over the last season and a tenth, and how Markel Fultz, the number one pick in the draft that you traded up to get, is looking like some straight garden variety doo doo. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, you know what? What you said—that objectivity—that hey, we don't know what his shot was like. We don't know how much improvement how how much improvement has been made compared to when he started. You're absolutely right. Nobody wants to hear that right now. <laughs> Ain't nobody trying to hear that. I'm not trying to hear that. That's, that's what we need to hear. Okay. Look, right now, I don't look. I'm not looking for what I wanted, what I need right now. Know what this is about? It's about what I want to hear. Okay. All right. And, 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 and right now, you know what I want to do? I want to complain a little bit. And now, now I'm going somewhere with this, all right? Okay. I'm going somewhere with this. You, you know, you got the Markel Fultz, Jason Tatum uh, comparisons. And unfortunately, right or wrong, fair or foul, however you want to slice it, those two names are going to be tied together for the rest of their lo- well, for the rest of their careers with their current team. Mm-hmm. Until Markel Fultz is playing for somebody else and he's another team and another fan base's problem, whenever that day comes, if it ever comes, that'll be the day that conversation is put to rest. But for as long as Markel Fultz wears a six uniform he will always draw comparisons to Jason Tatum and now fast forward to a year later Zaire Smith hasn't sniffed the court yet broken foot okay okay no I understand mm-hmm. once again know what you know what that answer was right there objectivity that was reality mm-hmm. fact still remains I sat there and watched Mikel Bridges getting better every day Mikel Bridges is getting better every day. Meanwhile, our first round pick for the second year in a row, for, for the twentieth year in a row, ain't on the court to start the season. So, yeah, that's about right. How many years are we gonna watch? You know, we sitting there and and the guy that we traded to get this guy with the broken foot, is out here putting games together. Mm-hmm. Right now, Sixers are in third and. Third in their division, fifth in the conference. Middle of the road team. We just went through years and we went through years of the process. This is supposed to be the next level of the process. Mm-hmm. To me, I have always said on this show, the process ends when we win a championship. That's when the process ends. People have always talked about is the process over? No, the process was to build a championship. So until we win a championship, the process lives. But nonetheless, team won 50-something games last year. What, 52 games? 52 games. 52 games last year. Mm-hmm. This year, they're middle of the road. Where were they this time last year? I don't know. Same place. Don't need that objectivity right now. We're talking fan-ish right now. Right now, I see a team third in the division, fifth in the conference. Mm-hmm. Third in the division, fifth in the conference. The whole reason we started this, the, the whole reason the process started is because we were tired of being a seventh and eighth seed losing in the first round. We, we, were, need, we were tired of being a seventh and eighth seed with our developed veterans. Okay, fine. Don't need that objectivity in my <laughs> life right now. We talking fan-ish, man. Fan-ish this week. We'll talk objectivity next week. Objectivity next week. 
We're talking about a team who's lost to teams that they're supposed to, who have lost to teams that they're supposed to be winning. Mm-hmm. This is a team with one road win. Mm-hmm. One against Indiana. Teams lose games they're supposed to win sometimes in basketball. 95, 96. I'm going to turn your mic off if you keep coming in with all these reality I'm just saying, objectivity. I the 95, 96 Chicago Bulls. You know what team beat them twice? Denver Nuggets. The expansion Toronto Raptors. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, yep. yep. I'm, I'm wrong. You were right. With Damon Stoudemire. I am wrong. You were right. There was no reason that team was supposed to lose to an expansion team. Mm-hmm. But they did. Twice. You were right about that point about the Bulls. It, stuff happens. That's great. Especially facts the still, young teams. Fa- facts still... <laughs> that does not change the fact for me that I'm sitting here looking at this middle-of-the-road team and I'm saying that, yes, season's, season is young. We all know that. That's the objectivity of the whole thing. That's the that's where objectivity okay. comes in. But let, let, let me let me draw this to a close because I do want I do want to hear your opinion Mm -hmm. my question is and overall if all we we, if we went through all of that just to once again be a middle of the road team has the process failed we're sitting here we have this nucleus the nucleus is Ben the nucleus is Jojo Mm mm-hmm has the pro- and if all we can do is just be a middle of the road team and sometimes you know win some games you win some you lose some whatever but in the end we can't get out the first round can't get out the second you know maybe get out the first round you know maybe get to the second round you with the exception of that 2001 team that went to the finals for the most part the Allen Iverson Sixers were a team that could win a Win a, win a playoff series when it was five games. Mm-hmm. And then when it's, when it's tree-shaking time and you're in the second round and you're at the, you against the cream of the crop, that team you're losing. That built to win. Okay. Is this team built to win? Okay. Now, now, now is the time for objectivity. Now, because I, I want to hear what you got to say. All right. So I'm going to start with a question. What exactly do you think the process was? I think the process was tearing this team down. The process was tearing this team down mm-hmm. to the foundation. Okay, so step one, was, step one was tear everything apart. Tear everything apart. Get rid of all the bad contracts. Get rid of anything that can tie you down long, long term. And then start rebuilding this team through draft picks Okay. Through the draft, and then later being able to have to be able to have the funds to get the free agents to surround your draft picks okay. with. So you're rebuilding the team through the draft. What kind of players do you get in the draft? Young players. Young players is what you get in the draft. Do you know when the average basketball player's pr- prime is? Yes, but tell for conversation's sake, tell me. 27 to 32 is when a basketball player peaks. You don't draft 27-year-olds. No. You generally draft players between 18 and 20, occasionally 21 or 22. You're looking at 
four to five years before these kids hit their peak, at least. Ben Simmons came in the league in 18, 19. So that means you're looking at six, seven years before he hits his peak. Embiid came in after his freshman year as well. You're looking at, from now, another three years before he hits his peak. Two to three at least. These young teams don't win in the NBA. Especially, like, teams with young talent can win, but not teams led by young players don't win championships. And for some reason, as much as I love my Philly fans, we can often be overreactionary. Where you don't say. Where we like we were tell, tell me more about this, like, this, we this were, overreactionary. Of course we were happy that we drafted Ben, happy we drafted Embiid, and then when you actually see them start to play and see the talent, we get excited and get carried away because we're seeing visions and images flashing through our head that give us hope that this could be a championship team. But if you're hoping that this is a championship team this year, you're fooling yourself because they're not ready yet. This team, Ben Simmons has barely scratched the surface of his talents. Same is true for Embiid, who, while he's a little older, has very limited basketball time. But not not much older. That's 24, a, a, 24 years. I say a yeah. little older. Yeah, a little bit old. 24 years old. But he and has still with t- maybe 10 years of, of. Probably has fewer years of basketball yes. than Ben Simmons. Exactly. So both of these kids have a long way to go before they turn into the players they really will be when they are in their peak and actually ready to contend for a championship. What we're seeing now is an appetizer. Jordan went years before he was ready. LeBron went years before he was ready. Kobe had Shaq, and it still took him a couple years before they won. Kobe came in, was drafted in 96. They didn't win a championship until 2000. It's, that's, that's five year, four or five years, and he's got Shaq with him. It, it just doesn't work that way. Shaq was drafted in 92 and didn't win until 2000. That's eight years for him. We're looking for these overnight successes. It doesn't work like that in basketball. It's, I, you don't reinvent the game. It's just not, kids aren't ready mentally or physically at 19 to compete with grown men who have been doing this for years and years, working on their skill sets and their bodies. There's a, an enormous difference in simple, like physical strength alone, between what a 19 year old boy can do and what a 25 year old man can do. It's enormous. Like, if you just think back to yourself, John, if you can remember when you were 19 versus when you were 25, yeah. what by 25, what I like to refer to as grown man strength is kicked in. Mm-hmm. Things that, even though you might have been strong and in shape for a 19 year old, at 25, it's easy. Mm-hmm. You're just, whatever that little weight might have been, you're tossing it around now. Mm-hmm. It's, a, you're a, it's a different animal you're dealing with. These kids aren't there yet. So for us to get worked up to the point where we start talking about, 
should we trade this player or is the process of failure, those type of things, we're way too far ahead of ourselves for that. And this is the point where, believe it or not, is part of the reason why I think Brett Brown is the perfect coach for this team right now. I don't know that he will be or won't be three or four years from now, but Brett Brown is a player development guy. The best argument there is for Brett Brown remaining the coach of this team is T.J. McConnell and Robert Covington. And I say that from the standpoint when those two guys made the Sixers roster during full-on tank, you look at neither one of them and say they were NBA players. They both are now. Covington at least had the height and some athleticism. Mm-hmm. T.J. McConnell is a six-one slow point guard without a jump shot, yep. and he's an NBA player now because Brett Brown is able to develop NBA players. This is the time where you let him do what he does and give give him some patience. Kids are going to make mistakes. You have kids. They make mistakes. Good Lord, they do. Yeah. That's a podcast for another time. Brett, Brett Brown. The John Brown's Kids Mistakes podcast will be coming <laughs> up uh, later on. Brett Brown has a team full of kids. They're going to make mistakes. You're going to have an 11 turnover game from your point guard. You're going to have a 20-year-old who lacks some confidence when you ask him to be the number one overall pick in the – I don't want to say savior, but the finishing piece mm-hmm. with two other top pick freak of nature superstars. Mm-hmm. That's pressure on the kid. Mm-hmm. Now, realistically. Now, I have I, a suggestion for okay. him, too, but I'm going to get back to that one. Okay. Now, realistically, and, I, and I'm not asking you to be a mind reader. I'm not, well, I'm not a fortune teller or whatever. Mm-hmm. However, how long of a leash do you give a player like Markel Fultz? Okay. I will concede if we say we concede that now's not the time to start looking to be trading people, firing people, making whatever changes that need to be made. Mm-hmm. That's not a hard for me. That's not a hard sell. I wanted your opinion. I just laid I laid the scenario out for you because I wanted your opinion. Okay. And now I'm asking I'm pivoting because I want your opinion on another subject. How much time should we give Markel Fultz? I would say at least his full rookie contract. He's a kid who has growing to do. We wanted him to come up, come out and be NBA superstar ready, and it sucks that there was someone in that draft class who does appear to have come out and been NBA star ready. But that's not an indication that Markel Fultz will never be there. Just means somebody got there first. Case in point. How many years? Case in point, Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Third pick in the draft. Who was picked in front of him? Wiggins, Wiggins and, and Parker. Parker. And Parker. Mm-hmm. How many years did we think we took? got the short end of the stick? We took, who, we took the best player who was there, who spent his first two years. Mm-hmm on the bench watching in really nice suits. Yep. And all through Wiggins' rookie year, we saw the dunks and mm -hmm. the athleticism, Mm -hmm. and we were excited. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, look at this guy. Who's the all-star now? Mm Mm-hmm. That'd be Joel Embiid. 
who's the best player at their position in the league? That would be Joel Embiid. Who's the guy who at least right or wrong, fair or foul, and I know I've said that about 17 times this show, mm-hmm. but you hear letters like MVP in their name. Exactly. With their name, attached to their name. And we're talking about a 24-year-old. A 24-year-old who is at least in the, once again, and, and let's, let's once again keep it real because a conversation like that at this point in the season is nothing but fan-ish. Mm-hmm. But you see that. And that's not to say that Markel Fultz will be an MVP candidate or even a star. But I feel like if you if you believe in the process, and this is where I'm pivoting this whole conversation, if you believe in the process, you have to believe in patience because that's what it's all that's what it's always been about. Absolutely, it's all it's always been about patience. You had to go through you had to go through these periods with the draft picks that didn't work. You had to go through a Nerlens Noel and a Michael Carter Williams to get to a Joel Embiid. You had to go through a Jalil Okafor to get to a Ben Simmons. Bottom line is, who? when you look at that draft, when you look at that, that draft, who are the two players making the biggest contributions to the team that drafted them? Oh, excuse me. Well, I should say, Orlando did not. Orlando drafted Dario Sarge, but he played his entire career with the Sixers. It was mm-hmm. a draft day trade. With their the team they started in the league with, Mm-hmm. The two players making the biggest contributions. That's Joel Embiid and Dario Sarge. So, yeah, you know what? There are people truly frustrated. But, like, the theme of this show has been, we want some fan-ish. That's fan-ish right there. You on your fan piece, you question whether or not the process has failed you. Because you're sitting there, you're looking at the shortcomings of this season. You're looking at a team that's lost to Boston, that's lost to Toronto, that's lost to Milwaukee, that's lost to uh, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. <laughs> Sorry, uh, not Minnesota. Uh, did they? Uh, did they? They haven't played uh, the Heat yet. Sorry, wrote, I wrote down some bad. Info. <laughs> that's what happens when you don't got interns, producers, and you're writing down your own. You write your own information. There's one thing I would say though, mm-hmm. and the one thing I would say is this is that for Sixers fans, yes, we got we have to exercise patience, but that doesn't mean it's not okay to be honest. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean when I say objectivity. Mm-hmm. I love the Sixers. I can root for the Sixers. I can cheer for the Sixers to win. Mm-hmm. And I can still look at them and say, this team has holes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean- I, can, I, can, I can look at Ben Simmons and say, I love him. He's going to be a, he's a phenomenal talent. He needs to work on stuff. Mm-hmm. Joel is a great big. Mm-hmm. He needs to work on stuff. The, it's not one or the other. Mm-hmm. It, the things aren't mutually exclusive. It can be both. Let me ask you this. Well, let me set something up for you, and then I want I want your opinion on something. This offseason, Ben Simmons admitted that he never worked on a jump shot ever in his life. Why would he have to? Stop answering my questions before I ask them. <laughs> no, that's where I'm going with that. Well, because it's like to. you, I hear that so much as far as criticism. But when you watch Ben Simmons play and when you watch the ease he gets to the basket, that answers that question. 
When you see when players, okay. when players, when you see Ben Simmons get the ball at the top of the key, what do defenders immediately do? Back up. They back up, but daring him to get to the, uh, to take a jump shot. Okay. But I, what does he then do? He puts the ball on the floor. Most most mm. times he puts the ball to the floor and either finds a, an open guy or he gets to the basket. And you see with the ease that he does that, that's why he doesn't develop a pass. That's why he doesn't develop a shot. I don't know that he does it that easy in the NBA. Okay. And that's kind of, that's but, but kind no, of the issue. That is, because but, but, okay, we're, every, we're, li- every level prior to now, it was no effort at all required. Okay. And the NBA le- level does require some effort. No, there are okay. teams that have guys who can defend Ben Simmons. But that but that 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 is my point. That is the point that I'm trying to make. That now he's forced to. Mm-hmm. And although that jump shot is not there yet, this is the first time in Ben Simmons's basketball life that there have been defenders in front of him that force him to do it. Well, you know what? Let me scratch that. Because there were better defenders in college, but none, nonetheless, he was still wasn't put in that situation with any sort of regularity. I don't know any college team that had a player that could match up with Ben Simmons while he was in college. And that's including teams like Duke that had a bit Brandon Ingram, who's 6'9 and long and athletic. It, ben Simmons, as a college player, was extremely unique. A player who could six at six ten bang with most team centers, but had the ball handling and ability and vision uh, playmaking of most teams point guards. I think I, I that, think for the college mm-hmm. game that's yeah. I think Ben that's Simmons a devastating match. Ben Simmons is deceptively strong. Absolutely, he's, I think I think he's decept deceptively strong. Especially in the sense that I think and there are NBA players who kind of have a preconceived notion about point guards. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're a center and you switch up and you now have a point guard guarding you, what are you then going to do? Well, in old school days, when a center was in the post and had a point guard guarding them, mm-hmm. You would hear the old call, mouse, mouse, Mm -hmm. short for mouse in the house, someone too small to guard me. Mm -hmm. You go to work on the block. Exactly. I think people- Ben Simmons is, you can't yell mouse on Ben Simmons. But that's just it. I think there are people who think, I think I've seen at times centers, power forwards get switched up on Ben and maybe not because of his size, think, think that, but think- in the old school sense, hey, you know what? I know he's tall, but this is still a point guard. I've seen him frustrate players like Serge Ibaka who couldn't move him when he tried to put the ball on the floor and push him out and, and muscle his way to he's the basket. He's bigger than Serge Ibaka. Exactly. But Serge thinks, oh, I got the point guard on me. Let me back this dude down. And he can't. And that, uh, and to me, that's what I like about that's something I like about Ben. But the fact still remains: it's like, look, you know what? To quote the great Axl Rose, all you need is a little patience. 
think that's how the song goes. I don't have no, I don't have no Guns N' Roses records in this house. We, we listen to Public Enemy in this house. We don't listen to no Guns N' Roses. I just know he said it. I just know he said it. He just need a little bit of patience. But we need to wrap this up because we got to go. Patience, my friend. Patience. Got to be patient to hear us again. Exactly. Because we will be back next week. We're going to be back next week. Sixers going to be on a winning streak. Eagles going to be on a winning streak. Maybe even the Flyers figure out some things get on a winning streak. Phillies will assign Machado and, and Harper. And everything's going to be good next week. Those are my predictions for next week. we were already on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Anyway, yo, thank you guys for listening to the Best of the World Sports Report. My name is John Brown. This is Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Hear him. Hear us. Hear the crew. The crew is me and Mike, but I'm just saying. (laughs) But listen to us on One on One with MJ, Free Agent Radio, SeattleHipHopRadio.com. Every week, Free Agent Radio, 8 to 9. 8 to 9. 8 to 9. Me and you on the radio Mm -hmm. talking stuff. Not even talking Sixers and Eagles. I mean, we might if that's what's the story. But we had a good conversation. Talk so a lot of good stuff this yeah. week. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, look, we don't talk bad stuff, man. Well, I don't. <laughs> Dog. Killing me, man. Oh, man. It's all good. But, yo, check it out. <laughs> what on with MJ? FreeAgentRadio.com. SeattleHipHopRadio.com. Every week. And then check us out. Best in the World Sports Report. Every Saturday morning, 8 a.m phillygoflow.com right after the reggae sunrise show right before early morning 80s 8 a.m phillygoflow.com download this podcast soundcloud.com slash bitw sports apple itunes apple podcast just search the best in the world sports report my name is john brown that's mike jones who mike jones we'll be back next week peace y'all You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at Philly Go.